welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the TheMediaByUs.com. My name is David, joined today by TJ. Yes. Brent. Hi. And Chris. Chris. And on today's podcast, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, the homework from last week. It's on Golden Pond. And then go into uh, a segue main topic of last film performances for actors that are famous for acting. But first, we're going to talk about uh, the movie On Golden Pond, which breaks our one-week streak of the title being true. It is On Golden Pond. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, famous for being an actor showcase. Both Henry Fonda and Katherine Hepburn won Oscars. And uh, Screenplay won an Oscar. And uh, Jane Fonda was nominated. Acting with her daddy. Yeah. <laughs> who, who assigned it? Uh, TJ assigned it. Oh, did. Any uh, opening shots, TJ? Uh, no, we were, we were talking before the podcast that this wasn't really a, uh, a great movie to have an in-depth discussion about, because it's pretty straightforward in the acting showcase. It's done really well, but it's just not, that doesn't lend itself to too much conversation. Not yeah. like, what do you think about whatever? It was just a, a really good story, really well acted. Mm-hmm. Of uh, Not like an evil dad, but just kind of an asshole. Yeah. He's, you know, the, like, Statler and Waldorf, like, come to life. He's just like a grumpy old man with, you know, yeah. hilarious, like, shots at his family and, you know, his daughter and, like, kind of reconciling that, like, that's how he's showing that he loves you. He gives you shit and, you know. Yeah. The movie kind of opens up as he's a character more defined by what he doesn't like, yeah. by what he likes. And then you get into, like, the fishing stuff is what he likes and kind of enjoys life and lives that through the kid that they're forced to babysit for a month. Well, that's kind of interesting how it does that. Yeah. But he like hates how the phone works and then he hates strawberries. <laughs> he doesn't hate strawberries, but that is kind of a uh, affecting scene of he's having a kind of disassociative moment the opening, getting lost in the woods. The opening like tracking shot of him through the cabin when they first walk in is interesting because it sets up exactly like where his dementia is yeah. because it shows you all the like newspaper clippings framed. He's a really smart like academia dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately calls the operator and he's like, call me back and see if my phone's working. And then he hangs up and it's like, obviously that won't work because you, you'll never know if she actually called you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> won't work. So it's very quick, like, was a really smart guy, losing his shit a little bit. Yeah. Move on to the story now. Um, and I thought that the panic in the woods was something that only like kids and old people do. Yeah. Like if you got lost, it's really dumb to just freak out and start running and, yeah, you know. Yeah, we were watching it because it was like, he needs to not run. He needs to stop exerting himself. And right. got like really stressed out in that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was really good. I mean, Henry Fonda's amazing in it. It's yeah. Incredible. Yeah, he's he's incredible. I'd never seen it before. This is my first time. I kind of just knew it through the, the awards it won. Catherine Hepburn's really good in it, but she's kind of more of a supporting role than anything. She kind of like, every part of her is more like supporting the Henry character or supporting the daughter character. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a ton of agency beyond that, but she's really good at that part, bringing a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the, uh, you know, he kind of collapses or, no, he doesn't collapse. Early on, he comes back from getting lost in the woods, and she does her famous speech about, you know, you're my knight in shining armor, yeah. and mm-hmm. is always going to be there. Yeah, you, you wind up being really impressed with her just because, like, he's really cantankerous, and uh, she just shows him just complete love yeah throughout the movie yeah, she's she, so devoted she's got the line like you're 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 the most loving man I know and I'm the only one who knows it yeah that's a really good yeah. line yeah. yeah 
She's one of those old couples where she's got a way to cut right to the heart of him, where he wants to put up this like kind of abusive front. Yeah, yeah. She's got the she does definitely a supporting role when you look at it as a as a whole. But it's very she delivers the most. She has like four or five soliloquies. Yeah, that mm-hmm. are very memorable. And then uh, her diving in to Purgatory Cove, yeah. like diving headfirst into the place where all the rocks are <laughs> like a foot deep. Like, yeah. she doesn't give a shit. Yeah, when they were when they were they were showing the the view from off the side into the water, I was thinking, there's no way that boat is going through there. It's yeah. just, but it's yeah. it's just that's how shallow it was in spots. It's really yeah. nerve wracking yeah. part of the movie. Yeah, it's not it's not really made for suspense, but I think that that whole scene leading up to it, where we're going to go through these rocks and they miss the first couple, yeah. you know, you just it's just filled with dread that you know something's gonna go bad yeah I've never seen him before like I don't know how bad it gets right <laughs> well you've got an 80 year old man who's talking about like like he's he says he's really comfortable with the idea of death and he's you know you know got early not early but like dementia is kind of setting in and they're, they're looking after this like young precocious boy mm-hmm. and there's a point in the movie where where when they were like, well, we got to go catch Walter. Like, let's go in the was it Walter? Yeah, yeah. But we we got to go in that 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 cove. And he'll be like, yeah, it'll be all right. Kelly and I looked at each other. We went, something bad is going to happen in this movie, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. And aside from like almost hitting the first couple of rocks, he starts calling the boy uh, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And it's like oof. Yeah, yeah. Do you think there's anything to it being called Purgatory Cove? In that they have to like wait there for someone to rescue them, and they're they kind of wind up clinging to that rock in limbo for hours, wondering which way it's going to go. And then after he exits purgatory, he winds up being a lot more agreeable after that point in the movie, and is even willing to like uh, repair his relationship at the end when. Uh, He's not the one who uh, incites it, at least, but when Jane approaches him at the end, I forget her character's name. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea approaches mm-hmm. him at the end. He's a lot more agreeable to it, it seems. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely named that for multiple reasons. I thought it was interesting that the kid stayed in the water with him all those hours when the kid obviously could probably get back in the boat if he really wanted to. Yeah. You know? The boat yeah. wasn't like upside down, but and was, you can see the shore. Like the kid, obviously, could probably just swim to the shore. But he's just, like gonna stay there, and, yeah. Since he launched yeah. the eighty-year-old man thirty feet through the air, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was really good. And Catherine Hepburn, like playing Catherine Hepburn in that role too, is neat. That's like, it's obviously elderly Catherine Hepburn, but that's what I picture. Yeah. Because honestly, the when I think of Catherine Hepburn, I think of Kate Blanchett playing Catherine Hepburn because I heard <laughs> it was like so spot on, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they're just very, like, manic, but not in a scary or wrong way. Just, you know. Did she have MS? Anybody know? I don't know. She just seemed real shaky. I don't know if that was her acting or if that was her at old age. Or I don't know. What. Yeah, her whole speech is shaky. Like Yeah, she's very... The like, way she talks sounds like she's she's shaking, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kelly was saying that it sounded like somebody doing an impression of an old woman. Yeah. The way that <laughs> she, she spoke. She's just, like, very, like, I don't know. Seems almost like a, like a caricature. Could have been her, like trying to overcome any difficulties she had in her older age. <clears throat> and I do think we talked about this a little bit. My favorite part of the movie was definitely the Henry Fonda Dabney Coleman in the cabin when the girls were skinny dipping. Yeah, that was really really cool. Uncomfortable without being like so uncomfortable. Very realistic feeling. For yeah. 
you know, two kind of asshole-ish people. Yeah, you kind of have a standard setup of, like, the father-in-law type is, like, embarrassing the, the you know, the new romantic attachment of, you know, just giving him shit. Yeah. And then Dabney Coleman just kind of cuts through, like, this is actually what we're talking about. Yeah. It's, but, like, this this kind of struggle between us about your daughter. Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about, like, we don't have to be friends. Yeah. Like, I can just see you, and you're not going to be around that long, so I don't need your approval. But yeah. I was like... Because he's it's a different of, you know, you're talking about 16-year-olds dating versus, like, fully adult people. Yeah. It's like, I do not need your approval, old man. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting kind of standoff between the two. I was, and Thayer doesn't even care. He's just doing it just to needle him, just yeah. to see yeah. if he will react. Yeah. It's That scene to me starts out so funny, though, with the... Uh, uh, would would you be offended if the two of us slept together? I was about to say I was laughing oh, yeah, yeah. through all that. <laughs> you and the boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chelsea and the boy. Yeah. Uh, that just leaves, that like, just leaves you and Chelsea. <laughs> sure like, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's the line about abuse. That's the line that really sets him off. Though it's it's he's like, no. I mean, what objection would I have if you want to abuse my daughter under my own roof? Yeah. <laughs> you want to do it in the master bedroom where I violate her mother? <laughs> so good. We'll sleep out back. You can do it right here on the hearth. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn. He's such an ass. Yeah. He's an entertaining ass. Yeah. Though. He is. Um, uh, I think it's the guy's name, Mark Rylance, the guy from Bridge of Spies, mm-hmm. got the uh, Academy Award for Best Supporting. Looks exactly like old Henry Fonda. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, the whole bit. time I, I, was, it, I was watching it, I was like, Mark Rylance could play, could, could play this if they decided to remake this for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Was it a... What's its genesis, the story? It was a play first in like 1979 and it very quickly became a hot topic to um, adapt. I think Jimmy Stewart or something was was wanting to adapt it but Jane Fonda's company got to it first and she wanted it specifically for her dad. So how do y'all feel about that and everybody's take that we had on the Denzel Washington movie from this past Oscar season? Yeah, I actually thought of Fences a little bit yeah, when, fences, sorry. when I watched it and I thought this does a good job I don't know it felt a little more theatrical to me and that was one of my problems with Fences is that it was just too it was perfect for a play because it's such a confined setting yep I was going to say that and when you translate fences to the big screen, it doesn't. I mean, it's just it's not as impressive a translation. Whereas this, it's perfect because you actually can show the whole lake. Yeah, you, it it feels like a it's a it's a great adaptation of a show, play. And show the movie. boat wreck and yeah. show the backflips. Yeah. It's kind of more it, more business to do rather than conversations yeah. in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Even though that's 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 all it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the setting is just a vehicle for a conversation in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it 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 felt bigger. Yeah, and the direction was more lively than than fences to me. Yeah, although the the the, the dated editing choice of having those like panning shots and like the piano, like the the pleasant piano, yeah. really beautiful, right? But it, that just felt like such a hackneyed old device to. That's the thing that ages the least, I think, is the score. Yeah, is it such like a lifetime schmaltz? Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 someone whose full time job on that score was to just play the triangle, and they <laughs> got their money's worth. <laughs> that score is thick with triangle. Yeah, it's kind of like the the setup would be, it's the setup is all schmaltz. 
it's like this kind of hack emotional mm. heart thing but I think from the performances and I think the directions lively enough that it feels like I enjoyed it even though yeah. I know it was there's nothing that inspired about what happened right to yeah. me yeah not a movie I expected you to like but I didn't really like it I liked it too yeah, I too. yeah I really really enjoyed it um, I think there is something to take away just that like uh, I don't know it's it's a it's kind of an obvious message of uh, you know, be close with your family while you still can. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, that's kind of an obvious message, and it's not. Yeah. We didn't need on Golden Pond to make us think about that necessarily. Yeah. Well, I like that it flipped it on like on the, the message of elderly and being close to your parents, especially when they get that age. Mm-hmm. The Catherine Hepburn, you know, when she slaps Chelsea, it was pretty much just like get over the shit. He ain't changing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, either stop trying to repair this, or just get over the shitty treatment that you got when you were younger. Yeah, like that's and it. like it wasn't that shitty. It was kind of like right. Like I know he's an asshole, but yeah, yeah. I was the whole time I was thinking about it is you know Walter's perspective. Walter, yeah, Walter's Walter. the fish. Well, <laughs> <laughs> perspective. Uh, eat the worm. Norman. 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 They have such old people names. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, Norman's perspective is is you don't have to like your family, but you have to love them. Is mm-hmm. you know that's how he lived his whole life, and she wasn't okay with that. You know, and then when she finally talks to him, she's like, oh, "I uh, like why can't we be friends?" He's like, "Oh, just in the nick of time, eh?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> worried about the will, are you? You get everything except the stuff I'm taking with me. <laughs> yeah, that the ending was funny with that. I, we didn't hate each other. I just thought we didn't like each other. Was all. <laughs> it's like God. Uh, I read that that mirrored their own personal relationship. I, uh, I believe that, and I don't know much about it, but apparently, I guess Henry and Jane didn't get along for a while. Um, I don't know. I believe it, but yeah. I mean, he's like a traditional guy, and she was. Historically, like this political firebrand, very opinionated, yeah. very, mm-hmm. um, both probably very stubborn. Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of—I don't know—I think it really helps their performances at the end of the movie when there's that background of it. Yeah, yeah. So he gives her the medal for like second place at Pennsylvania College. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was the second best ever at my school. Here's a medal. She said, "What'd you say? I can retire now." <laughs> But yeah, it was good. Recommend to watch. Yeah. yeah. I think they do a good job also. As soon as that kid showed up, I was like, oh, this I've seen this before in the 80s maybe. This precocious little shit, and I know how this plays out. But I thought I did a pretty good job about like them all softening to each other. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of like the scene later on, like after the uh, accident on the Purgatory Cove. Yeah. I like Catherine Hepburn's like I'm going out to pick some stuff. And they said okay. They're like playing a crossword puzzle, and it's like all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> they have like Abandon. a little they have a little scheme together to yeah. go out and go fishing. Yeah, the kid had a lot more range than I thought. Yeah, yeah. he was he surprised me because mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be awful. Yeah. Um, Especially just because the way he looks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean <laughs> he, like he was he was he was well cast to be like outsider California boy. I laughed real hard at uh, the. Um, you should meet my old man. Like, your dad's still alive? Like, nope. You should meet him. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
God, what a prick. I love it. Besides the score, the only other thing that I think is aged poorly is the phrase suck face. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this. Was this like the first instance of like old people using slang to comic effect? I, I thought about that, but I thought the jokes aged well. Like, yeah. They, I thought it was funny, but yeah. like the you want to go suck face. At the end. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that, is there a genesis of like the rapping granny and the wedding singer? To, <laughs> it starts with On Golden Pond. Probably not. It's probably been around for a while. Oh, yeah, it starts, too, where they don't use language. And, like, she says, God damn, at some point, she's like, what's your language? And at the end, with a kid, and you're like, not our kid. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but let's just cuss a bunch. <laughs> so it's really like they were flipping the bird. I feel like that was such a good tone-setting yes. moment. Yeah. When they, like, she's like, oh, look at the loons, the loons. They're probably husband and wife. And the speedboat <laughs> comes by, and they're both, like, giving the finger to this speedboat. Up yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She gives him the finger. <laughs> He's like, you shouldn't do that. He's like, you just did. <laughs> I really wish more. I really wish the nickname Poop had caught on more, though. Uh, it's not even Poot. It's just Poop. We're going, you goddamn Poop. We call just on him Poop all week just because I saw the first half of this movie on like Monday. Y'all Poop. Y'all Poop. I was also surprised that they worked the title into the script multiple times. Man, uh, did they ever? Yeah. I was. I was not expecting. Uh, actual the phrase uh, on Golden Pond to be uttered or to be sung. Yeah, is it is it a pre-existing <laughs> song? I guess it had to be. I don't know. It, I never heard. It sounded of it. like an alma mater song. Like mm-hmm. she's talking about like the girls of Treshavas or whatever, like mm-hmm. a camp song. Yeah, yeah, it sounded Native American-y. Yeah, and then yeah, he even comes up to her and says something pretty pretty uh, racist, uh, well, yeah. like an uh, old uh, Iroquois uh, yeah. song. Uncle well, yeah, because he, he walks up to her and well, I mean like like a camp song was made to be like oh, right. okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that they. <laughs> I was like, I was like. I don't think he said what he meant to say. Okay. Yeah, no. The, yeah, when the daughter walks up to her, she she says like, "How?" Like, yeah. It's but the shores of Hiawatha. That yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, main topic. Anybody else got anything on Golden Pond? Uh, I'd recommend checking it out. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's fun. I kind yeah. of treat the movie how the the movie treats the setting. Is they go to the uh, they go to the shore. They say hi to the lake, <laughs> hi to the pond, and then they leave and say goodbye. It's like you kind of just visit this performance and then you leave. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's heartwarming, but mm-hmm. is what it is. And it also wasn't about a giant puddle of piss, which is what you were worried about. <laughs> Worries. Yeah. <laughs> Open. Very happy about that. So anyway, uh, this was Henry Fonda's last film performance, and he uh, passed away not long after winning the Oscar. So we wanted to talk about other famous final performances from famous actors. Yeah, because this is one of the most famous, I would say, probably. Yes. Up there a with, real, a real there swan song. Maybe Peter Finch, maybe. Yep. Those two. And Heath Ledger. Yeah. So anyway, I think... I think what, no, what is Ledger's last? Is it Imaginarium of... It's actually Imaginarium, yeah. yeah he was, never finished he died the movie. In, in the yeah. middle of filming. Yeah, but yeah. They, that's when they decided to have four different people playing the protagonist role. Yeah, Jude Law, Johnny Depp, and Colin Farrell. Yeah. yeah. Well, most people would think of The Dark Knight as his final, because he died before it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all those rumors that like playing the role killed him because he had the... I just think it means it was... I mean, I don't think... I kind of think that's probably true to a little bit, just because it's... But, I mean, mixed with other... Yeah. Mixed that, with other demons. Yeah. yeah. yeah mixed, mixed with addictions and mental yeah, illness yeah, right. also. Because right. pe- people who swear by that theory that, like, that is why he died, don't give him enough credit as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, he was he was fantastic. And, yeah. Is there is there anything beyond just the he put himself so far into the role that he like made himself kind of crazy and then started taking sleeping pills? Is no, that pretty no, much that's, it? Well, the, yeah, not not the last thing. I mean, he was it's well documented he was a, an addict before the role. Oh, okay, so it did not. But the, the, the pushed him to the brink, kind of, is okay. the theory. Dwelling in a dark place to find the character. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I made a little game of uh, final film roles of Screen Legends. And I was going to name the movie and see if y'all can name the Screen Legend. All these people were on the... They're, they're mostly older actors. Uh, and they all show up on the AFI Top 50 Movie Stars of All Time. Okay. Yes. Okay. Are they all dead? They are all dead. Okay. All the ones you did are dead? All the ones I so did. So don't guess Kurt Douglas or Sophie Loren or Sidney Poitier. Or Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman's on that list, I don't think. No. But just yeah, still not. don't guess them. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't guess Tobey Maguire. Definitely not on the list. <laughs> Definitely on the list. Uh, okay, let's start here. Uh, 1966 movie called Walk, Don't Run. Any thoughts on this one? Any Dean Martin. No. Humphrey Bogart. No. Don't know. Cary Grant's last movie. Oh. Was Walk, Don't Run. I know nothing about that movie. Uh, let's go more recent. We'll go to 1994, The Flintstones. Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor's nice. last feature film was yeah. The Flintstones. That's <laughs> fun. Uh, 1980, Xanadu. What's this? The Shelley. Uh, Olivia Newton John. Olivia Newton John. Yeah. yeah. There's the only person who I know is in that, and it wasn't her. I think it, it's a famous dancer. It's either Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. It is Gene Damn. Kelly. Yeah. Good job. Because he dances and roller skates to it. Mm. Is that one? That's how we all want to go. <laughs> is that? <laughs> uh, there's a Jim Jarmusch movie on here. 1995's Dead Man. Huh. Final film role for... Johnny Depp. <laughs> Tupac. Gregory Peck. Robert Mitchum. Huh. Oh, weird. Yeah. He was also he also does the uh, narrator in Tombstone movie that David Sill has not seen. I have not seen it. <laughs> this is a fun way to bring that up every podcast. <laughs> uh, 1991, An American Tale, Five Goes West. That's uh, James Stewart. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart's last movie is Five Goes Stewart. West. <laughs> 2001, The Score. Is that the Ed Norton movie? With uh, Marlon Brando. Oh, uh, yeah. It is Marlon Brando's last movie. Very good. That uh, movie's so weird. Ed Norton, like, plays a person with mental disability. Isn't it, like, as, like a, a con? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, that's got to be a bad look now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like the only time that's ever paid off was in uh, The Ringer. The Ringer, yeah. Does <laughs> <laughs> pay off? It works. It's yeah. in, a, in a weird, in a very surprising way, it works. Yeah. Um, 1994, Love Affair, with uh, Love Affair. Warren Beatty and... Uh, Warren Beatty. <laughs> He's alive. <laughs> Damn. What's Warren Beatty's wife's name? Annette Benning. Annette Benning, right. It's She's their, alive. <laughs> it's their remake of uh, An Affair to Remember. I don't know. It's the last film appearance for Catherine Hepburn. Oh, weird. Huh. Let's see, how about 1961, The Misfits? It's a twofer answer. This is, this is a famous one. This what is, is Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable. Yes. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Technically, Monroe appeared in like 
part of another movie after, but that was the last complete movie she filmed, uh, and Clark Gable's last movie as well. Guess who's coming to dinner? 1967? 60... I mentioned this last week when we were talking about planning it, is uh, Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy. He was another one that I think won the Oscar and then didn't show up because he was sick and passed away Okay. pretty soon after. And another Catherine Hepburn movie. Yeah. 1956 Giant. Dean. James Dean's last movie. And? I thought you were going to go, and East of Eden? Because <laughs> he had two posthumous oh, yeah. acting oh, right. I guess there can only be one that's the last one. There can yeah. only be one. 1989 Field of Dreams. Oh. Uh, it's the guy who plays old, the doctor. Baseball McHenry. Oh, <laughs> What's his name? Baseball McHenry. It's the guy who plays old. It's a uh, disrespectful. Pitchy McGillicuddy. It's who? It's the guy who plays the kid, right? Yes. Is a doctor. Yeah, cool. it's uh, Burt Lancaster's Burt last movie. Oh. How about uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum, 1966? There's all kinds of people in that this, movie. This guy would have been at his height about 40 years earlier. Lawrence Olivier. Charlie Chaplin. So not Don Delweese. <laughs> not Don Delweese. Probably also not in the 50 greatest actors of all time. <laughs> Buster Keaton? Buster Keaton's in ah, this movie. Ah, nice. Um, the newest movie on here, I want to say it's from about 2012, 2013, is The Forger, which starred uh, PETA from uh, The Hunger Games. Well, Josh Hutcherson hmm. is the star of The Forger, and it's the last movie for... It rings a bell in doing the research for this, but I'm drawing a blank. Uh, it's Lauren Bacall's oh, last movie. Lauren Bacall. Um, oh yeah, I remember seeing the trailers for that. I've never, I'd never heard of it. Uh, here's one that's uh, a good movie. 1991, Cape Fear. It's Gregory Peck. That is Gregory Peck's last movie. He was in the original too. 1976, The Shootist. <laughs> that's a stupid title. The Shootist. Yeah. Joan Crawford. John Wayne. John Wayne. Because I know it's a Western. So there is one movie listed under John Wayne's filmography after The Shootist. uh, And it was... I didn't count it because he didn't, like, have any part in making the movie. But it's... it's, uh, They used old footage or old audio clips of him for a voice of a character in Star Wars. Really? Weird. So in on Tatooine, as they're trying to get out of Mos Eisley, there's like a spy with a long snout who's like reports things to Imperial troops, and the voice they use for that is like old audio of John Wayne distorted. Huh. <laughs> Never knew that. Never wow. knew that. I was scrolling down John Wayne, so I was like, Star Wars? What the <laughs> hell? Uh, he was in the Greedo mask. <laughs> he was Greedo. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, let's get John Wayne and put a mask on him. Uh, Definitely shot first. <laughs> yeah, he, John Wayne. He is the shootest. Yeah. 1989, uh, Steven Spielberg movie called Always. With I can see Richard Dreyfuss. 99? 89. 89. It's the last, a very iconic actress. Mm. Betty Davis. Audrey Hepburn's last movie. It's oh, a wow. Steven yeah. Spielberg movie. 89. I've uh, never seen that movie. I should yeah. know about it. I think it's, it's kind of... I think it's about somebody dies and it's then like they... It's like a guardian angel thing? A guardian angel, yeah. And then... It was before Jurassic Park, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> double up on this. Oh, uh, 1973, Soylent Green is the last movie. It was co-starred with uh, Charlton Heston in Soylent Green. Groucho Marx. Uh, 
Edward G. Robinson hmm. was in that movie. And then uh, this is this is double up. The there's a movie you probably haven't heard of called Someone to Love from 1987, but it was not the last movie he actually made. It was the last movie to come out. He after filming Someone to Love, he also did some voice work for the Transformers movie. Oh, it's uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, those are the those are the highlights of the list. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, not great endings to careers. I noticed. Yeah. yeah. The the John Wayne thing got me thinking about you know I'm curiously nutty about uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. <clears throat> when I was thinking about last roles, is what do you what. Like we've reached a point with technology as it is, where it's hard to consider something someone's last role at times. Yeah. Like technically, Fast and Furious Seven is Paul Walker's last role. You know, he did star in a lot of it, and then was CGI'd in, and his brother was served as a stand-in. And I was also thinking about the Philip Seymour Hoffman in the Hunger Games m- movie. Yeah. yeah. Where they're using these like digital recreations of him. Like, are we going to get to a point where we don't even really need the person to be alive anymore to put them in this movie? Like We're going to take Grandma their... Tarkin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Leia, put her Peter Cushing. Do you do you even count? Is he listed in the cast for Rogue One? I don't know. I don't know. There's some ethical questions involved. Oh with, yeah, with that, like for sure. Like, does Peter Cushing's estate have to sign off on them using his likeness? Oh yeah, I, I would assume so. State needs to give consent for that. Yeah, and also, well, technically, George yes, Lucas no. like own or. But what Lucas if you're using? Films. What if it's all derived from archive footage that's owned by a, a studio? Right, and also that character is owned wholly by the company that's making the movie. That's the why the uh, the bar flies and the Cheers bar um, when they like remade it and they 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 called these characters bar flies when it was Norm and Cliff Cliff. Um, they both those actors sued and were like, "You can't use us." And they're like, "Kind of fucking got you. Like we're not using you. We're using the characters from Cheers." And you know, they're, it's settled. But you know, it was it's an important distinction that it's Grand Moff Tarkin. It's not Peter Cushing. It is an interesting question because anyone that appears in a movie needs to sign a uh, consent form. Yeah, like, even if you're like an extra or something, you have to sign a form. If you are passed away. It would seem that that consent would revert to your estate, even if it's pre-existing footage. What if it's computer-generated footage? <laughs> yeah, I, it just it just got me thinking. I think it's. I mean, there's, is there any difference between computer-generating somebody and having a marionette that's using their likeness in Team America? I mean, what's the difference? Well, because one is pa- parody. One is parody, and the other one is you is, can call anything parody. Well, no, you, I mean, you can, but some things actually You could, qualify. but you couldn't defend. Like, like it, Rogue One is not a parody. The, what they're using that person for is is important. They're trying to get someone who's like Peter Cushing's performance of Grand Moff Tarkin. And nothing else will do except for something that is just like the performance of Grand Moff Tarkin. So they use it as a stand-in. Yeah, but we're talking about not needing actors anymore. Being able to put them in anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you wouldn't need Peter Cushing to be a character. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, th- I think the main difference is 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 in intent. Like if you're making a comedy, then then I think the marionette or CGI or past performance thing is a much more salient argument. 
because then anyone's performance can be jocular and right. whatever. And then there's no basis for that character yet. And I think that's also what helped Team do, America. Well, you're making fun of the real people. Do people, will people fall into public domain? When that, because I mean, we're like 75 years, I think, right now. Like, so technically, could you use like. I don't know. know. Charlie Chaplin? Yeah, like in a few years, could you just. Is he public domain at that point? Charlie Chaplin's in my movie now. I've got a digital recreation of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Does the Chaplin estate get to go, uh, fuck, no, you don't? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder financially how it works. Like, does Peter Cushing's estate get residual payments from the film being shown? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a contract or they wouldn't have done it. Right. I'm sure it says something somewhere. Yeah, they, 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 they cleared it. Yeah. I wonder if, like, people are just doing, like, a, a best practice of, like, the right thing to do and how soon that that is going to be uh, manipulated into yeah. we can just make you be in this movie. Yeah. Or, like, Sharknado 5. Uh, you know, they just, they're like, we want to put this person in who's, like, dead and respected, and it's... Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, really campy and disrespectful. Someone, someone's estate might go, might might challenge that. By the way, we forgot to talk about it in news on uh, the previous podcast, but Sharknado 5 has a title. Yeah, they changed it. Yeah. It was going to be Shark, Sharknado 5 Earth Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's called... What? Uh, Something to do with like a hot, like a buzzword these days. Oh, it's it's uh, it's something global warming related. Global swarming. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Sorry, but anyway, <laughs> I was thinking. It, 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 I just think it's 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 interesting to consider that Paul Walker's last film is a movie that he didn't finish, mm-hmm. and that you could get a movie if they wanted to put him in Fast Eight, they just would have. Yeah, they could. They probably have lots of, you know, B-roll of Paul Walker driving cars because that's all they do in those movies. I talked in the the show meeting last week when we were discussing this stuff, said, uh, topic that George C. Scott's last movie was Angus, which was a movie I always liked in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Did y'all come across any weird ones like that in your studies? <laughs> well, interesting one was, uh, I know you talk about one of your favorite... Uh, movies of the year but when I saw Edward Scissorhands initially uh-huh. I really didn't know Vincent Price yeah like he's he's like the he's great as the creepy old guy mm-hmm. he kind of it's one of the rare things of having a good movie to kind of for your send off yeah that was a good one what's Robin Williams is he one of the museum movies Night at the Museum Secret of the Tomb mm. those are all entertaining enough yeah mm-hmm. And his and his portrayal of Teddy Roosevelt was really fun. Yeah, it was. It is fun. Seemed like something that he probably enjoyed doing. One thing I wanted to bring up, um, I thought we had seen his last role, but what percentage odds did you give Tony Erdman being Jack Nicholson's last? I figured he was done, honestly. Because he hadn't been in a movie in five or six years. Mm-hmm. I think his last movie was that last uh, James Brooks Movie with Owen Wilson. Yeah, it was. We were talking about it. Has some generic romantic comedy title. The one where Owen Wilson plays the Nationals pitcher. What I know about you, or something. Yeah. How I like you. (laughs) Some stupid fucking Mm -hmm. shit. But I think that was Jack Nicholson's last. I think that movie came out in 2012. So. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last, the last role he chooses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think he's 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 a fantastic actor. Would love to see him act until he like till the day he croaks. Yeah, I mean, 
But you think yeah. like how old he looked in The Departed? That's over a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing that blew my mind when you were like, The Departed came out 11 years ago. It's like, yeah. no fucking way. Mm-hmm. That I mean, He's so good in it. He's yeah. fantastic in that movie. Yeah. But a long time ago, and he was he wasn't doing too hot then, it looked like. Yeah. And also, um, Internet Fingers, um, do you guys know what Sean Connery's last movie is? He's another uh, old actor who's sworn off it's acting. It's not Finding Forrester. It's the one after that. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he did like a direct-to-video thing yeah. as a voice a couple years after that. But yeah. Last on-screen performance, The League. Wow. Finding Forrester is better. Should have finished yeah. with that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you got... I've seen The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen like 20 times. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's apparently also this animated movie called Sir Sean, Con- or Sir Sean Connery funny. as the Guardian of the Highlands. So you an animated Scottish movie? Yes. Scottish animation. Really weird. Cold's cool. weird. Well, I was going to talk about a couple actors that just passed away recently. Yeah? That haven't really made it onto the, you know, a lot of the stuff I did for this was look up, like, all those lists out there, like, mm-hmm. people's last performances. Like, uh, we talked about Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. You know, he passed away this year. His last movie was the movie we were excited about, but got really bad reviews. was The Circle. Oh, Yeah. Yep. Also this year, John Hurt. He's Elephant Man, and he's been in a bunch uh, of stuff. Jackie? No, he was Damn. in that. But he was still working past it. Just... He was still, he's got like three movies coming out this year. Of course he does. <laughs> but I think the last one coming out is called That Good Night. It's about an older actor, and his wife doesn't... Want him yet to go out into that good night, you know? Oh, so it's called that good night. Yeah, he's a he's an actor who like uh, I can't picture him younger than sixty. I don't think like I don't know any old old movies he was in. Well, he's in Alien. Oh, that's true. As that's a true. younger younger dude. Yeah. Um, Powers Booth recently passed away. His last thing was the second Sin City. Movie. I was gonna guess this because I only know Powers that, Booth was in Tombstone and the Sin City movies. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's in, got an awesome name. <laughs> and he's in Frailty. The oh, really? Bill Paxton movie he directed. He's good in that. Miguel Ferrer. You know who he is? No. I know who he is. I don't know his last movie. He's in. He's the guy from uh, uh, the Manchurian Candidate who's always leaning against things in yep. rooms. He's like the general guy. But his, you recognize him. He was also in Twin Peaks. And the, the worst description ever. The new Twin Peaks... It was, like, filmed over the last five years. So it's oh, got a well. lot of people, like, a lot of smaller actors' last performance. And people haven't seen it mm-hmm. yet. Like, Miguel Ferrer, the person who plays the log lady, passed away, but shot something, apparently, for it. Yeah, she's in the first couple episodes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> she was in the first episode. Of the, I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or not, but I laughed. It was like, who's that lady with the light switch? She's like, we call her log lady. Then it panned over to her. And she's just kind of log. Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> the log is pretty helpful in Twin Peaks for relaying information from the forest. <laughs> Everybody knows this. It's one of the least weird parts of the show. Honestly. Uh, is Now this is, I found a list that's unconfirmed. I, I haven't double checked, but uh, Jack Lemmon's last role, The Legend of Bagger Vance? Yeah. That's what I had. Hmm. Nice. That's a stinker. Oh. Yeah. It's not that great. Good golf ghost. Talk about another shitty movie I've seen like Six times for future fans. Mm-hmm. Seen that movie five or six times. It's bad every time. Why would you keep watching it? <laughs> uh, 
and this was the one I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but uh, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin's last role was Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> they were killed by that movie. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, here's a good one. Raul Julia's last movie. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. I think that's a we, good. That's a good way to go uh, out. A real campy villain. I think we've talked about that probably. In the video up. game podcast, we're talking about like uh, bad video game adaptations. Um, but I still think that he gives a really fun performance in that. I think he's the only one in that movie, Raul Julia, that understands that it's a campy movie. Yeah. And really, just like choose scenery, has fun as M Bison in that. Mm-hmm. The worst choice for M Bison though. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's not a great choice. Yeah. But at a certain point, Street Fighter just had to like get actors, to get bodies into these roles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole movie is miscast like from beginning to end, but yeah, Raul Julia is a lot of fun in that movie. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you would categorize their last role as their best among people who didn't die like at a freakishly early age or anything? I'd say we talk about it, but Peter Finch in Network. Um, I saw the movie a couple of years ago, and it, I think it still holds up as like a really cutting, great, satirical movie. Yeah, I don't know if Fonda's is best, but it's definitely it's up there. Yeah, I'd still probably put Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. It's my favorite of his. I just love. I'm in love with that character too. Though. Yeah, Juror number eight, I think. Seven or eight, somewhere in the yeah. high single digit, some between one and twelve. But he's really good on Golden Pond. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, and if Heath Ledger's last movie was Dark Knight, be great. last final one, you know that would probably be his best. Because yeah. imaginary and Doug Parnassus is eh. it's not good. Yeah, is that Terry Gilliam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the king of hit or miss directors. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's one of those directors that's like you just got to strap in. The so movies are going to be like five for five or just a a stinker. Yeah. In looking up this thing, I think I was saying it outside, is I really, I saw a list where Peter Sellers' last movie was being there, mm-hmm. and have you guys, guys seen that movie? No. Mm-hmm. He plays Chance the Gardener, and he's really great in it. You know, he's so manic in all kinds of movies, Dr. Strangelove, and he's completely understated. Is that before he was the, the rapper? What? Chance the Gardener. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You're having fun. <laughs> Making jokes. <laughs> all right. We have fun here. <laughs> But then I came across another list where it's, and I looked it up. His last one was actually the fiendish plot of Dr. Fu Manchu, where he is in yellow face. (laughs) (laughs) Almost had a grace note there, but no. What if in his will it just says, tell everyone my last role was not this one? I'm I'm passing away in 1980, but tell BuzzFeed. (laughs) You'll know what they are in 2014. It's like... When artists don't want to be associated with the project, they use a, 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 a pen name. What is it? I forget what the term is called. Uh, oh, well, I'm like a pseudonym? Yeah. Yeah. But like, despite like... It's act- like Alan Freed or something is a famous one. Yeah. Yeah. So like, directors... Alan Smithy. Alan that's Smithy. right. Yeah. So it would just be funny if d- despite acting in a movie and appearing visually on the screen, he has his name changed for... Fader Pellers. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I think that pretty much does it. Yeah. Who's got homework this week? I do. Oh, Brent. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I was torn. I got a couple movies that are, uh, on my mind, but, but I'm actually letting the, uh, letting services decide. I, I'd rather watch a movie on Netflix than Hulu. So I'm going to pick the Netflix movie. Nice. And 
it definitely has to do with a topic I have in mind for next week, and um, I'm picking a movie that we've probably all seen before, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen this in years, and I'd like to watch it again and talk about it on Netflix, To Kill a Mockingbird. Fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it since I saw it in school, honestly. I've, I've seen it recently. I'll happily watch it again. Yeah. With the Father's Day approaching, I was thinking about watching that movie. Oh, yeah. So One of the great fathers in cinema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's your homework for next week. Watch To Kill a Mockingbird. Is the topic next week going to be first roles? <laughs> no. First movie roles? <laughs> topic, topic next week is Mockingbird movies. <laughs> Isn't that Duvall's first? It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to mean that, that weird kid who plays uh, the, the friend. Yeah, the, the god Eustace or whatever the hell his name is. So annoying. Yeah. My daddy likes like... to fly trains. <laughs> Shut up, idiot. Isn't that character supposed to be based on Truman Capote? Yeah, yeah. the yeah. Truman, yeah. Truman, Truman Capote. Dill? Dill. Dill, yeah. I hate Dill. Eustace is the useless person from uh, Narnia. Narnia, that's right. Yeah. The cousin that comes along. Yeah. I just like that our homework is to kill Mockingbird. I'm going to be prepared to compare and contrast the symbolism in this movie with something else. Talk about the overarching themes. and This feels like, the first one that felt like, I've had this as a homework assignment before. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun getting back into that. I like that movie. I do too, and I haven't seen it in 10 years, probably. Yeah. I've seen it like 400,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I haven't seen it in 400,000 years. This actually does... All your movie uh, references, or your, your time estimate, CJ does lend uh, credence to my theory that you are 700 years old. <laughs> I've probably seen Kill Mockingbird like 10 or 11 times. But I think I, I put movies on when I'm like doing laundry in another room and cleaning another room and cooking dinner and going out there. Like, but I just leave the movie on. So when I say I've seen The Legend of Bagger Vance 20 times, I've like watched the first 20 minutes and then went outside and mowed the grass and came back to the end or whatever. I just picture that like, there's a TV and you're just like walking by like... Gotta go to work. Play. Peeking back, yeah. <laughs> he's just like walking by the hallway. Like he just doesn't want burglars to think no one's home, <laughs> so there's always a movie on. Just plays it's like all the, day. The Home Alone scene. Like TJ's got like little cardboard cuts <laughs> while movie plays. But your hallway thing. I'll go like in one door of the hallway, then like out of a door on the same side. I went. I just picture your arms at your side, like your head perpendicular, going. There was, there was a moment where I thought we were done. That <laughs> <laughs> moment's here. And it's here. So this was Talkie Talk, podcast for the media by us. I want to say thanks to Chris. Thank you. Brent. TJ. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I guess. Thanks for the ad point. <laughs> uh, please connect with us on Twitter at the media by us. Email us via the media by us at gmail.com or our Facebook groups, Movies by Us, TBIS, and Games by Us, via us. All those things by us. Movies, TV, and games. I want to say thanks for listening, and we would love to hear from you for any podcast topics. Please subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcatching application, and please give us five-star rating to prop up our poor self-esteem. And to get us doing this every year? Every year. We're going to do this once a year. Every year. These are dispatches from the past. I want to say thanks to Willow Walkers for providing intro music, and thanks will be in the show notes for the outro music, because we don't have it yet for who is going to do it (laughs) Alex your code word this time is gain pattern gain pattern (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do your secret decoder (laughs) 
Alright, gumshoes. Drink your own tea. <laughs> but anyway, thanks guys. Thanks. This was a podcast and now it's done. Come on! Bye! movies. God damn. <laughs> Is it loud in your headphones? It was loud in the room.